Arsha. Now we got the video as well. All right, today is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022, which you know what today is. Today is 2 2 2 2 2, aka, and I think Donna mentioned this like 20 days ago, Tuesday, or somebody mentioned this, right? Maybe. Not Tuesday. Definitely. It's, and it is Tuesday, and it's Tuesday, because there's a lots of lots of twos here. All right. Two and two zeros. And two zeros, right? Right. O two. Well, yeah. O two. O two. Two two. Two two. Huh. What does it all mean? Who knows? All right. One day we'll figure it out. One day we'll get the the gematria going on this one. It is great to see you all here. Oh, Ray is joining. And uh, we are going to pick up our conversation. Hi, Ray. Hope you'll... Uh... Hi, Ray. I, we'll see... You see how technical I am. Well, we see you now. So if we just... <laughs> this will work. <laughs> all right. We're going to jump back into our parasha. Torah portion this week is Vayakel. Vayakel deals with, finally, the transmission of the vision... God's vision of the Mishkan from Moses to the people and the people begin to get down to work or they, they, they get down to work in making this thing. So yesterday, which was Monday, we read about the initial gathering. Moses gathers the people, says, I have something very important to tell you. By the way, Shabbat, no working on Shabbat. Otherwise, six days a week you shall work. And here's what we're, here's the national project building a Mishkan, building a portable temple. And he gives them the outline, what the temple should look like, what items are needed to be donated. And they, uh, they, they get the donations. The donations come in. And we read about the princes. They donated the stones. The people donated the gold, silver, and copper and the other materials and items. The women spun the goats on the goats, the goat hair on the goats. And... Um, and uh, then it seemed that the, the, the tribal princes donated the gemstones and other items that were necessary as well. Today, we continue the narrative. I'm going to share my screen with you. Let's jump right in. Here we go. Exodus chapter 35, verse 30, reading number three, Vayakel is the name of the parsha. So Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bitzalel the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. So, in other words, the name of the person who is being appointed to this position to oversee the construction, I mean, Moses was ultimately the one overseeing it, but the, the hands-on guy was a fellow named Betzalel. Betzalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur. Rashi says, Hur, he was Miriam's son. Okay, Miriam's son. Now, is that referring to Betzal or Uri? Uh, not sure here in, in this context. It's a little bit vague. Nonetheless, we see that this was a descendant of Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron. Let's continue. Moses tells the people Betzal is going to be in charge of the building. He, God, has imbued him with the spirit of God, with wisdom with insight and with knowledge. And like I mentioned, I think it was, I don't know, at some previous session, 
Chachma, Tevuna, and that, which is basically Chachma Bina Dat, which is Chabad. God has given him, has given Betzalel, the creative wisdom, Chachma, the ability to understand and perceive, which is Bina, as well as the ability to um, meaningfully connect and apply information, which is Dat. Three different intellectual abilities, all possessed by one man whose name was Betzalel. And he also has the talent. God has also imbued him, sorry, with the talent for all manner of craftsmanship. This guy, Betzalel, can do it all. He is a master of many, many trades, including he has the ability to do master weaving, to work with gold, silver, and copper, with the craft of stones for setting, and with the craft of wood, and to work with every manner of thoughtful work. I like that. Meleches machashoves, thoughtful work. It's not just work, you know, my hand is doing something, but mindful work, attentive work. By the way, this is a beautiful line, meleches machashoves. You know, how thoughtful and mindful are we when, when we do our work? I will mention tonight's um, meditation class is all about mindfulness and meditation and kavana, intentionality when it comes to eating, when it comes to sleeping, and when it comes to working. So those are the, the areas that we talk about. And we're going to talk about thoughtful work, what that looks like. What does thoughtful work actually look like? But this is a gift that was given to Betzalel. Betzalel had this ability. Not only was he, was he smart, was he smart and intelligent in his mind, his hands were skilled, and he was able to connect the two so that when he worked, it was done in a thoughtful, mindful, connected fashion. Let's continue. And God, he is God, of course, with the capital H. And God put into his heart, into Betzalel's heart, the ability to teach. Look at that. Both him and Oholiav, the son of Achisamach of the tribe of Dun. So not only is he skilled, is he smart, is he wise, is he, you know, good with his hands and mindful and attentive. Not only that, he can teach. He can teach. And that's a powerful idea. Because in order to build a Mishkan, you're going to have to delegate. And if you have to delegate, you might, might have to tell a bunch of people what they need to be doing. And if you're telling a bunch of people what they need to be doing, you have to be able to communicate and to teach, to guide people in the craft, in the work that needs to be done. So God has given him not only personal abilities, but the ability to convey those, those ideas and those insights and those skills to be able to transmit them to others to teach. And these abilities are possessed not only by him, but also by the second, by the um, lieutenant. I don't know, I'm just using random words. But the assistant to Betzalel, who was Aaliyah, the son of Achisamach, of the tribe of Dun. He was relatively unknown. And with this, our sages say that there was a pairing between Betzalel, who was relatively famous. He came from a famous family. He was from the family of Miriam and Moses and Aaron. He was from the royal family, so to speak. But then you have also Aaliyah from the tribe of Dun. Dun, by the way, you might know this, Done when they traveled in the desert, you know where Dun fell in the, in the journeys? Dun was always last. It says Dun was the tribe that, that held the lost and found for everybody. When they were moving, when they were traveling, so anything that was left behind, the tribe of Dun collected. And then when they arrived at, their new, at, at, the, at the next stop, 
They went around and returned items that need to be returned. Done was the end. On some level, reflects the lowest. I mean, I hate ranking people and tribes, but on some level, it's the back of the line. And yet, the assistant comes from this very tribe. And that tells us that in life, in life, obviously, in addition to ability, there's also opportunity. And some people, just based on where they are and who they are and what their last name is or what context of their upbringing and schooling, whatever, some people have more opportunity handed to them. The Torah reminds us that it's not only the people who have opportunity handed to them that have the ability to achieve, but it's also people that maybe don't have all the opportunities. They also can create opportunities and rise to the top. Oholiyav was a relatively unknown character who, because of his wisdom and his skill and his ability to teach others, he was the right guy for the job. So he gets appointed. That reminds us that there is hope. The world is not only run by nepotism, but there's, there's actually hope for, um, for uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Be able to, to, for people to earn, genuinely earn their way to the top and not just get there by virtue of, you know, uh, who they know or their family or whatever it is, but to really to rise. We should never think, well, because I don't come from a prominent family, I don't come from the family of Moses and Miriam, so I can't, I can never make it. Not true. Not true. Aliyev reminds us there's hope. We also have Betzalah. Betzalah was, you know, not only talented, but also prominent. So he made it. But Aliyev reminds us about the, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? Democratization, 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 how Yiddishkeit, Judaism is democratized. Let me just say it that way. Meritocracy. Right? Meritocracy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Meritocracy. Yes. That's a great word for this. It's all about the meritocracy and not the aristocracy. Okay. Back, although we had one of each. Back, back inside. Although Batsal also had the merit, he had both. R- jumping back into the text. And we're going to do Rashi on this as well. Um we now conclude kind of the discussion about Betzalel and Oholiyav. God imbued them. God imbued them. One second. Yeah, this is all Moses telling the people. Moses is communicating this with the people about the people in charge, about the two, two guys in charge. God imbued them, Betzalel and Oholiyav, with wisdom of the heart. Chachmas Lev, wisdom of the heart. To do all sorts of work of a craftsman and master worker and embroider and and an embroiderer with blue, purple, and crimson wool and linen and of weavers, those who do every manner of work and master weavers. These guys can do it all. Give them a needle, they know what they're doing. Give them a hammer, they know what they're doing. Give them a saw, they know what they're doing. Give them a chisel. I don't know. I'm making up stuff, right? Give them a tool, they know they know what to do with it. These guys would do great in both Home Depot and. Joanne Fabrics. I've been to Joanne's before. I've bought fabric before. I did not know what I was doing, but they helped me. Okay, Rashi's commentary. Here we go, Rashi's commentary. Let's go. Oholiev. Rashi says, Oholiev was of the tribe of Don. I mean, the Torah says that also, but Rashi clarifies the lowest of the tribes. 
Now, again, it's a little uncomfortable to rank tribes, but uh, yeah, lows of the tribes, even uh, um, uh, from a perspective of lineage, they were of the sons of the handmaidens, Bilha and Zilpa. Don was Bilha's son. Yet the omnipresent compared him, Aliyev, to Betzalel for the work of the Mishka. And he, Betzalel, was of the greatest of the tribes, Judah. At this all, all of which I mentioned, this is how Rashi encapsulated. And this fulfills what is said, and a prince was not recognized before a poor man. In other words, a prince is not necessarily more honored than a poor man. A prince and a poor man, if they're qualified, they're both qualified. And here we have the prince, Betzalel, and Ahaliyav, the poor man coming from a relatively unknown lineage, so to speak, uh, relatively unknown, relatively whatever whatever the right word is for that. And yet they were together, they were working in tandem on this project. Beautiful lesson. Okay, let's continue the next half of this reading. Exodus chapter 36 begins right now. And I've told you many times that the the seven divisions of the Torah portion to the seven readings don't always correspond to chapter, don't usually correspond to the chapter divisions. They were done at different times, different people. The readings that we have are, are of Jewish origin. The chapters are not of Jewish origin, and thus we find discrepancies. Let's continue Exodus chapter 36, verse 1. Bitzalel and Aholiav, our tag team. And every wise-hearted man into whom God had imbued wisdom and insight to know how to do, so they shall do all the work of the service of the holy according to all that the Lord has commanded. This is the conclusion of Moses' words to the people, which makes it weird that this is a new chapter, chapter 36. I don't know. This is literally the end of the quote that, we, that started at the beginning of this reading. Right? Moses said the following to the people. Anyway, it ends here. By saying that Betzal and Aliyah and every wise-hearted man, will, are gonna, they're going to do all the work according to all that the Lord had commanded, has commanded. Let's continue. And Moses called Betzal and Aliyah and every wise-hearted man. Into, so up until now, Moses is telling the people what's going to happen. And now, here's how it unfolds. Moses called Betzal and Aliyah and every wise-hearted man and to whose heart the Lord had given wisdom, everyone whose heart lifted him up to approach the work to do it. So Moses gathers everyone together, not the whole nation to tell them what's going to happen, but the people that are hands-on right now, the workers. And I need to mention something here. The verse specifically delineates between two categories. There are the people into whose heart the Lord has given wisdom, and there are people whose heart lifted him up to approach the work to do it. In others, there are people that have the skills, people that have the skills and the wisdom, and people who have the desire to do it, and not always do those coincide. You have people that are skilled that might not want to volunteer for this project, might not want to jump in. And then you have people that want to jump in that might not be skilled. Are you with me on this? It's like one of those Venn diagrams. You have two circles, ability and desire. And the question is, where do they overlap? Some people have the ability, but couldn't care less. Some people would love to, but they can't. They're just not skilled enough. The magic is finding the people that have the skills 
and the desire, and they want to participate in building God's home. That's the magic combo. That's the magic. Not everybody is in that category, but those in that category, those who know how to do it, have the skills to do it, and want to do it. And that's what the Torah is emphasizing, that who was selected for this job, who was participating. Well, but Salam Aliyah, they were the heads. But every wise-hearted man into whose heart the Lord had given wisdom, number one, they had the wisdom, and whose heart lifted him up to approach the work to do it, and who was inspired, the ones who were inspired to do it. So there's one thing, my ability, which comes from perhaps an outset, it's a gift. And then there's what I choose to do with it. Both of those, putting those together is the magic combination. So let's read how, how it played out. So they took from before Moses, because all the people had donated the gold, silver, copper, the wool, the goat hair, the skins, the animal skins, the tachash skins, right? Everyone had brought all the donations to Moses. Moses asked for it. They gave it to Moses. So now that Moses has assembled a team headed by Betzal and Aliyev, now they go to Moses to get all the stuff. So they took from before Moses all the offerings, the gifts, the donations that the children of Israel have brought for the work of the service of the holy. And by the way, the people, they, the people, brought him, Moses, more gifts every morning. So again, just imagine this. And it might not be exactly accurate, but just for conversation. Imagine Moses has set aside a space, a big tent, to house all the donations. Moses is at the, is at the entrance of the tent. People come in. They donate. I have some gold, some silver, some copper, some skins, some, some wool, whatever it is gemstones. I have this stuff. Moses says, thank you very much. Place it here. Everything's organized. Now there's a team that's going to go build. They show up to Moses. They show up to the warehouse, to the tent, and they start pulling the stuff. Well, as they're taking the stuff, the supplies, people, the people are continuing to give and donate. So more gold and more silver, more copper is continuously coming in. That's what this line means. They brought him more gifts every morning. It wasn't like they donated once and one and done. They kept on bringing donations. Let's continue. Then all the wise men who were doing the work of the holy came, each one from his work, which they had been doing. So now you have the artisans and the weavers and the, um, the people working with the gold and the silver and the copper, the metal workers. You have all the people that are doing the work. And now they come back to Moses because they took the stuff the supplies that they needed. They're working on building the stuff, making the Mishkan. And now they come back to Moses. And they spoke to Moses saying the following. Uh, you're still getting donations. We don't need it anymore. The people are bringing very much, more than is enough for the labor of the articles which the Lord had commanded to do. So they, they're, they're on the ground. They're actually making the stuff. And they come back to Moses at some point and they say, you know what? We've got to stop. Tell, tell the people... No more donations because it's we have whatever we need and they're still bringing more stuff to you. Just like, let's just cap it. Just uh, tell, put out the word that we don't need anything else. So Moses did exactly that. Moses commanded and they announced in the camp. They put it on the PA system. PA? Yeah. The loudspeakers saying, let no man or woman do any more work for the offering for the holy. It doesn't mean not to do work in building the Mishkan. That was just starting. But in offering for the holy, in truma HaSakodesh, in giving, in donating, we're good. So people listen. 
People stop ringing. By the way, maybe the first and the only time in history of a Jewish campaign that the, the, the heads of the campaign said, all right, we hit our goal. We're stopping now. <laughs> Never happened since. It's always like, all right, we got more goals. We got more needs. We got more, uh, more stuff to take care of. But anyway, in this case, the, the craftspeople, the, the workers told Moses, it's fin- we're, we're, we've got enough. Moses puts out the word. That's it. And the people stopped reading. Let's continue verse 7. And the work was sufficient for them for all the work to do it and to leave over. The malacha means not the work as much as it means that in this case, in this context, the donations. The donations were sufficient for them to do all the work, to do it and to leave over. And they had extra materials as well. So that's the, again, the point is they had enough. Let's look at Rashi. And then I want to share a few insights on some of what we talked about and some stuff we talked about previously. Okay, Rashi says, we have more than enough. The people told Moses, more than enough for the labor, more than is needed for the labor we have. We have too many materials. So the people stopped bringing, expression denoting holding back. They held themselves back from giving. They wanted to give, but they held themselves back. Um, and the work was sufficient for them for all the work. Well, is that, what does that mean? The work was sufficient for the work. Rashi says, as I mentioned, the work of bringing, the donation work, was sufficient for all the makers of the Mishkan, for all the work of the Mishkan to make it and to leave over. So that's, again, the point is that the work of donation, that malacha, that work, that effort of donating was sufficient. They had enough stuff to make it. And even more, they had, they had extras, leftovers. Okay, so I want to point out a few things. Number one, the act of donation. I pointed out twice. I pointed out Rashi, pointed it out. I got it from Rashi. Malacha, the word malacha, work, doesn't mean work. I mean, Rashi is the work of giving, but it really means the donation. That reminds us that giving can sometimes be work. It might not always be the most intuitive thing to give. After all, if we look at a very intuitive place, it's like, it's mine. Why should I give it away? Right? Why should I give away something that's mine? But the Torah is reminding us in this context, number one, because you're building a home for God. What, what, What better project could there be? Right? What better investment could there be? What better use of resources could there be than supporting a building of God's home on earth? That's, that, that's worth its weight in gold. Secondly, the Torah acknowledges that it might be work. It might be effort. It's worthy work, worthy effort, necessary work, necessary effort. But let's not discount. Let's not discount the, uh, the power of giving but also the, 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 the work, the effort that's involved in giving. It's a very special thing. It's a very special thing. Okay, I wanted to mention, I don't know if it came up in a prior reading. Let me just quickly check something on my end over here. Let's see if reading number four. No. One second. Okay, the next several readings are going to get very, very detailed um, regarding the actual building of the Mishkan and its manufacturing. It, the Torah gets into all the details, reminding us again of all of the um, things that need to be built and their dimensions and their materials and all that good stuff. But I wanted to... No, I don't see it here. 
Okay. I'm, I'm like a little bit torn whether to mention this idea now or, okay, I'm, I'm going to hold off on the idea that I want to share because I feel like it's going to come up in a better context at some point down the line. But I want to talk about the name of the Torah portion because it ties into what we talked about today. The name of the portion, as uh, I'm, I'm going to pull it up here once again on the screen, is Vayakel. Vayakel means, and he gathered, or he, he assembled the congregation. Vayakel implies community, assembly, um, partnership, working together. That is the name Vayakel. Vayakel implies individuals banding together. There are different ways in which we can band, band together. There are different forms of unity. In this context, it was unity for a common mission, for a common purpose. It was unity for the sake of building something precious, of building something special. And that makes it a special experience. In the building of the Mishkan, it's not going to be one person. It's not even going to be two people. It's not going to be three people. It's going to be a series of individuals that build this home for God. It's not Moses himself. It's not even Betzalel and Ali of themselves who do this. This is going to be a collaborative effort of thousands and thousands of people between those that donated and those that manufactured the Mishkan. I mean, a large percentage of the two to three million uh, strong Jewish people was represented in this effort. And the only way to build a Mishkan, the only way to get this project done is by working together. And this reminds us of the power of unity, the dangers of disunity, and it also reminds us of the best way to utilize unity. Because the people had banded together before for other things, like the, the, the creation, the commission creation of the golden calf. The people gathered together and they, they spoke to Aaron last week's Torah portion and they said, we need a new leader, we need a new God, whatever it was. And they created the golden calf. That's a negative example of Vayakel, of banding together. The positive example, this week's parasha, banding together for something divine, something spiritual, something godly, something Jewish that transcends the individual. The most magnificent things cannot be accomplished alone. The most magnificent things require a village, require a village to, to execute, to facilitate. So let's remember that as we kind of think about our activities and our lives. What are those things? What are our dreams that really help make this world a better place that necessarily involve more than one person? And, and how can we rally those around us to be part of the sacred mission of bringing heaven down to earth? It's just some of the, some of the things to think about as we think about this week's Torah portion by Yakil. Okay, that takes us to the end of the third reading. And as I mentioned, there are, some, there are more ideas, but I want to hold off on those. And, and tomorrow, we are going to have a discussion about the actual building of the Mishkan and the actual construction of, of the items. But we'll save that for tomorrow. All right, so I'm going to turn to you. We're, we're ending a little bit early, earlier than usual. Um, any questions or comments on this before we close it out? So you mentioned the, the, you know, those with the connections and those without, but they're all, they were all 
each side was a tribe. They were different tribes. Correct. So um, Betzalel came from the tribe of, well, the son of Miriam. Miriam was from the tribe of Levi. But his father was... Tribal identity goes by the paternal side. Okay, I'm not sure exactly which tribe. Might have been tribe of Levi or another prominent tribe. Either way, yeah, but Saul came from one of the more prominent tribes, 12 tribes, but you could still rank them. And Dom and, and Oliev came from a less prominent tribe. And the message is meritocracy. Oliev deserved it. He was skilled. He was wise. God had blessed him. God had gifted him these abilities. So he got it. And, and the message there is never look at ourselves and say, we, I can't do it because I don't have the connections. Right, we got to make it happen. Doesn't mean it's not going to be harder without connections. Yes, it'll be harder, but we got to push. We got to push, and ultimately we will succeed. The Talmud says, "Yigaiti Matsasi Talmud." Someone says, "I worked hard and I succeeded." It's a credible story. It works. Somebody says, "I worked hard, but I didn't succeed." Al Talmud, don't believe him. Don't believe him. Can't be. You worked hard and you didn't succeed. Got to be something missing. Got to be something else to the story. So if we really work hard and we really put the right things into place, we believe, at least we believe, that the success will follow. Please, God. So that is that is the uh, the charge of the day. Encouragement of the Rabbi. day. Yes. So uh, from last night's talk, we also learned that connections can bring challenges also. Go, can backfire. Correct. Right. Correct. Could be that with all the connections, yeah, with all the status, with all the wealth, could actually cause harm. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You know what they say? It's an expression. Yichus. Yichus means like lineage. Yichus is like, like a zero or like a bunch of zeros. Right? If you put it after a number, it enhances the number. But if you put it before the number... You got nothing, right? It's like if you have something and connections, okay. But if it's if the foundation is the connections, then it's uh, you're leading with a bunch of zeros. It's not. It's not. Uh, I, I think the expression works better in the original Jewish slash slash Yiddish context. But if it works, it works. If not, it's also okay. All right. So these are the messages for today. Number one. We can climb the greatest heights. We have to believe in ourselves. We can climb. We don't need to have been prominent or known before. We can, we can become famous in a good way, not just a you know, negative way. Number one. And number two, the idea of collaboration. It's important to collaborate. Can't build the Mishkan alone. Can't build the home for God alone. The more collaboration, the better the building. And that's a message for all of us in life in various areas. All right, my friends, I think that's it. Short, a short, short and sweet, short ish and Swedish uh, DPP for today. We're back on tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel for more DPP excitement, thrilling DPP as we read about the building of the Mishkan and exactly how they did it per God specs. I'm going to just give you a heads up. It's going to sound very much like two weeks ago. When God describes the Mishkan to Moses, he says, the ark should look like this and should be this big. And that it's going to say, and they made the ark this big and this high and this out of gold. It's going to sound the same. But before it was the vision, and now it's the implementation. 
It's one thing to have a vision. It's one thing to implement it, but we'll save that theme for tomorrow. Okay, great to see you all tonight. Meditation from Sinai. Check the website. We got more stuff up and more stuff is rolling out as we speak. Today, what time tonight? 8 p.m. on Zoom. 8 p.m. meditation from Sinai. Check your local listings slash emails for, um, for the information. We have a few exciting Purim classes. We have another Meals of Love cooking day for uh, the women at Rebecca's tent shelter. So a lot of really, really powerful stuff coming up. You be the judge in two weeks, a class of true crime and Jewish law. Really good stuff upcoming. So check out the website. Join us. All right. We'll see you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rabbi. Bye-bye. Yes. Two. Two thumbs. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot, but I was waiting. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye.